Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. All right, last week we started ugly. This week we're going to get ugly. Let's talk about why realtors and sellers get offended and, well, how are we going to get past that? Because let's be honest, boys and girls, we can't go around pissing off the whole world every day. Ask me how I know. And expect to get things done. You got to figure out ways to overcome these situations. You got to figure out a way to power through uh properties that are overpriced because at the end of the day guys everything's overpriced and frankly if it's for sale it's overpriced right i've never seen a property that had an asking price you've heard me say this again and again and again and again but i've never seen a property advertised at a price that i thought it was a overwhelmingly amazing deal unless there was some court some sort of a uh, hook or a catch involved right so let's dive into this let's talk about what's going to happen or what could possibly happen because i know that when we see the price that we don't like a lot of us don't like to make offers i shouldn't say us a lot of you because i make the offer anyway and based on certain circumstances and outcomes but what ha- would happen if regardless of the asking price we made a reasonable offer anyway now that i say when i say reasonable i mean reasonable what do I mean by reasonable? Well, if you know that you're going to buy a, a duplex and, and for you, a good deal in a duplex is under $130,000 and you make a $70,000 offer just because you want to get a rise out of them. Well, don't do that because then you are going to absolutely piss off the seller. You're going to offend the real estate agent if one's involved and yada, yada, yada. And well, yeah, to be honest with you, you deserve the kind of the out, the, uh, what you get because you're intentionally going out there and being obnoxious. It's like those folks on Facebook that just say, nasty things because they're hoping to get a reaction right bomb bring me a hot pocket i'm being a facebook badass right that type of thing so how do we get around this how do we make an offer on a property that's advertised on whether it be the mls or some wholesalers pitching in at a real estate meeting how do we make an offer and not worry about uh, offending them well first of all let's talk about really what that means what what's going to happen if you make your offer and the broker or the wholesaler or the seller gets offended? What's the result? What could happen? Okay, first of all, the broker could refuse to submit other offers from you, therefore causing you to miss out on other overpriced deals. Hmm. Let's think about that one. Say that again. The broker could refuse to submit other offers from you, so you would miss out on other overpriced deals. Well, is that something to really worry about? Is that is it legitimate for you to sit there and worry about the agent not submitting your offers? Well, I. I got news for you. First of all, brokers are on commission. So understand that they are on commission. So they're not going to starve to death over pride that I assure you. So maybe we don't spend a whole lot of time getting worked up about that happening because I really don't think that that's going to happen because let's be honest, they're on commission. And if you've done a good job proving that you're a qualified buyer, you know, showing that you actually have money or your your ability to close, I don't care how offended they get. Well, maybe some of them, but they're going to take your offer. They're going to look at your next offer. So let's not worry about what they may or may not do in the future. Because at the end of the day, if the broker is only sending you properties that are grossly overpriced and don't meet your criteria in the first place, well, they're wasting your time. So that's not a big deal. If you offend the seller, then they would not be successful in getting top dollar, out of which means you won't be able to brag to your friends about the crappy deal that you just bought for yourself. I'm going to say that again. If you offend the seller, they're not going to be successful knocking your head off and overcharging you for the investment property, which means you're not going to be able to brag to your friends what a crappy deal you got. Now, folks, obviously I'm using satire here, right? That's not going to be the case. You have to buy a property in such a way that it is profitable if you're an investor. Otherwise, you're not an investor. You're a speculator. First of all, you got to understand this. You don't control the emotions of another person. 
You're never going to be able to have control over the emotions of another person. Children are a great example of this. You get a kid that's crying and you walk up and you spank him. Do you think they're going to stop crying? No, they're going to cry more, louder, longer. It's going to get worse. But instead, when you learn about what their triggers are, what causes them to, to cry, well, then maybe you can work around that by not in introducing those triggers into their their life. For example, if you don't want a kid to cry because you spank them, don't spank them. I'm not condoning not spanking kids because most kids need to get their ass kicked. But that's a whole other story for a different day. My point is this. When you spend time talking to people and getting to understand them and understand where they're coming from, you're not going to push those triggers that are going to offend them in the first place. Because at the end of the day, if you, if you find a property that you think makes sense, maybe it's in the right neighborhood, it's investment grade, property. And by investment grade property, I mean a property that's designed and is, is works as an investment, not as a, you know, not some beachfront mansion that you're going to live in. We're talking about an investment property here. And the price doesn't make sense or you don't understand how they got there, then have a good conversation with them. What's that look like? Well, it doesn't look like calling the broker and call and, and tell them they're a schmoo and they overpriced the property. And what are they, an idiot? Instead, call the, call the broker, if it's a brokered property and ask them, tell them, explain to them that you're a real estate investor and Usually you use the income method when you put a valuation on property and your appraiser uses the income method to put a value on the property. And you're just kind of curious how the broker, the seller, what method they used to come up with an asking price. Now, how you ask that question is going to really impact the answer you get. If you think, if you say, what the hell are you thinking, you moron? Well, you're going to garner one response. But if you say it in a way where it's like, hey, I'm trying to learn. I would like to learn. I figure I learn, if I learn something new every day, I'm in great shape. I was hoping maybe you could take a minute and kind of teach me how you arrived at the asking price of the market value. I, it might help me explain it better to my banker. Well, that's going to garner a whole different response than, what are you, an idiot? Is the seller on drugs? I mean, what, the, you know, on and on and on. And I've had agents actually call me with similar type responses. They don't usually, when they trigger us, well, what do they get? They get their head bit off. Sometimes I've had some that are so obnoxious on the first phone call, I just hang up on them. And I let them get pull their head out of their ass and call me back. Because there are people out there that are that obnoxious. If you're working with a real estate agent, you better find out what if that agent is good at sales, if they're good at negotiation, because if they're the type of person that runs around offending people every, day in and day out just by their purely by their existence, maybe you don't want them representing you. That said, understand why the seller is pricing it where they've got it priced. Maybe they just finished rehabbing it. Maybe they're an investor just like you, and they just finished rehabbing it, and they're looking to get top dollar to somebody who's going to move into the house and enjoy it. Well, why would you waste your time making an offer on a house like this? Because you're not the guy or girl that's going to pay full price and move into it. You're the guy or girl that wants to flip it. So why would the person that just went to the aggravation of flipping it of fixing it up and then trying to flip it and sell it to you so you can flip it again. That's a waste of time. And that's a great way to get somebody offended by your offer because they don't have a compelling need to sell it to you for a discount. So we just avoid making offers on those properties. However, when you see the holy train wreck in the neighborhood that the house is falling in and it's a mess and there's a Chevy Nova up on wheels or up on blocks in the front yard and the grass is higher than the car, well, they could probably stand to make a little bit of money by selling that house that is probably nothing but a headache for them and getting those fines and nasty grams that come over from the mortgage company or the code enforcement or whatever. That person has a compelling need to sell. The fact that you don't like their price doesn't really matter. That's where we just have a conversation. Oh, Mrs. Jones, I understand that you want $300,000 for that duplex that is vacant on one side because it, it's caved in and the other side rents for $500. i am kind of new to this. How do you, when you come up with a price for this stuff, how do you come up with that? It would help me to, if I knew, it would help me 
explain it to my financial friends or my backers or my banker or whatever. Get them to a point to where they're teaching you, not a, not justifying, but teaching. There's a difference there. When they are feeling like they're offering value and they're teaching you, it's going to go a lot better overall. You're going to get a better end result. Now, if they feel like they have to go on the defensive and fight with you over the situation, or if they f- feel like they're being scrutinized, they're going to get triggered and then they're going to get offended if you make an offer. So the way to avoid that is to just use the approach I just covered. When you communicate effectively, and yes, this takes practice, so understand that in the process of doing this, there's going to be a little collateral damage. You're probably going to make some mistakes getting in the phone and, and cold calling sellers or calling brokers or whatever for properties that are listed because that's just the nature of the game. The only way you can be able to practice is to just get out there and start ugly, as Chris would say, as last week's guest would say, start ugly. Get out there and make mistakes. By making mistakes, you're going to learn, you're going to get better. Are some people going to get offended? I'm not going to lie to you. Absolutely they are. But that you're going to learn then what people's triggers are, what the common psychological triggers are. How did Oren Claff get to be an expert at negotiating for the FBI and writing books on negotiating? Well, he was a negotiator. He went out there and actually did it. He researched it. He read. He practiced. He made mistakes. I'm pretty sure that even the best negotiator in the world has probably made colossal mistakes in their journey. But the difference is, is they went out there and they kept practicing no matter what. So for you to sit there and say that, well, I'm not willing to get uncomfortable, I'm not willing to make mistakes, I don't want to do any marketing and I'm not going to make offers because it's overpriced, just get out of real estate, you're in the way. Seriously, just get out of real estate, it's not worth it. But instead, if you're willing to get out there and talk to people and ask questions, anytime you're asking a question, is it goes, it's the answer and the result is going to go much better than if you're dictating. If you just call up on the phone and say, you're overpriced, what's the response going to be? And they're going to say, you're a jerk and they're going to hang up on you. But instead, pick up the phone and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to, I suppose you probably don't want to accept payments for this property. I'm going to have to go to a bank and that bank's going to want an appraisal. And that appraiser is going to want to know how we got to the price that we're at here. I was wondering if you could help me understand so that I could explain it to them. Nothing wrong with that. Totally legit thing to say and do. So do you see how that would garner a different response? Understand why the property's for sale. And also know this, there's really two types of properties out there. Okay, there's income property and non-income property. I know there's mobile homes and single family houses and multifamily and all this. I'm not talking about that. Properties either generate income or they don't, period. Either generate income or they don't. So think about this. Break every property you're going to look at up into the one of these two categories. Either it's going to generate income or it isn't based on what the way it sits right now. So let's look at it from a rental perspective. If the property is a rental property, which means you're going to buy it to become a rental property, and it's already being used as a rental property, as an income property, then it would be reasonable to expect it to be priced accordingly so that when you buy it, it would generate cash flow. So let's talk about mobile home parks, multifamily, office complexes, um, heck, an RV park, whatever. These things are going to be priced based on the income and therefore scrutinized based on the income they generate. But when you're talking about a single family house, which I know a lot of you listen to this this show, are not multifamily people or not mobile home people or mobile home park people. You're buying single family houses or mobile homes. I know this by talking to you guys when you call me on the phone. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's fine. But you have to understand that that single family house, if it's not currently being used as a rental, and if the seller intends it to sell it to an end user, they're going to price it so that an end user would buy it. Now, if you own the house, you certainly wouldn't want to leave money on the table, would you? So how do you do this? How is this structured? Well, if it's a nice pretty house in that flip example I gave, that seller wants to sell it to an end user, an owner-occupant who's going to move in and enjoy the house for what it is. They're going to enjoy the Corian countertop, granite countertops, and you know fancy floors and all this other stuff. They're going to appreciate that. There's value in having that in the house when you're going to take advantage of that and you're going to live in it. But when you're not going to live in it, there's no value 
value in that. But why would the seller that went to the trouble of renovating the house, so that specifically so it could be marketed to an end user, sell to you for a discount? There is no reason, none whatsoever. I mean, after all, they just renovated it. So just simply don't make offers on those pr properties at all. Don't waste your time. And I know there's a butt Tyler, skip the butt Tylers and just focus on the properties where there is a compelling need to sell, where the seller has motivation. And when the seller has motivation, you're going to be able to make offers that get accepted and get done without worrying about offending people. And I know that there's going to be lots of cases out there where the seller's unreasonable or the breaker, or the broker is maybe not up to speed on how investment property should be priced and whatnot. And there's exceptions to every rule, but you're going to make things a lot easier in yourself if you just focus on the properties where there's a compelling need. Understand why the pricing is too high. Usually it comes down to one or two reasons. Number one is the seller, the broker, the realtor, whoever is unclear on how to value income property. We're talking about rental property now. Okay, they're using comparable sales instead of the income method. If they're a property that needs a lot of work, maybe they're out of touch with how much it costs to renovate a house. Understand, realtors are not experts in construction nor are sellers for that matter, unless they're contractors. So they have no idea how much it costs to renovate a kitchen. And frankly, if I ask three of you how much it costs to renovate a kitchen, I'll get three different numbers. If I call three contractors, I'll get three different bids. Sometimes they're thousands of dollars apart, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars apart. So you can't expect out of the gate for everything to be perfect. Don't get discouraged when you see things that are overpriced. Maybe you change your hat and become the teacher and educate. Don't attack people for being ignorant, okay? Just because they have, they, they have, they're ignorant to what market value is or what perceived value is or what a renovation co should cost. Understand that they probably don't know that, but that's okay. Maybe you can figure out a way to gently, carefully talk to them, asking questions and asking them to, and listening to them rather, so that you can comprehend. Don't listen to respond, listen to comprehend. And you will probably hear them say certain things that will lead you to believe which is absolutely true in this, in, a, in most cases, that the seller is really not as motivated as you may want them to be. I can't tell you how many times people call me or want to get on a deal review, and the first thing I ask is, "How motivated is the seller?" And the answer is, "I don't know." Well, you—that's the very first thing you want to know. If you've got a seller that's not motivated, don't waste your time. Just leave them be. And again, you can say, "Miss Broker, I'm learning something new every day in real estate. Can you help me understand the methods of how properties like this should be priced?" You see how non-confrontational that is? You're asking them to teach you something, to add value, to pour into you. And you're going to garner a much better response that way. Boys and girls, I hope you have a great week. I hope you take action on this. I hope you go out there and practice. Roll up your sleeves, make a few mistakes, but get good at asking questions so that you don't offend people. Learn to overcome objections. Don't rattle off a price until you've learned more about the situation. Guys, have a great week. Please get out there and take some action. If you get stuck, if you're having a hard time, if you don't know which way to roll, get on the phone. If you want to practice, get on the phone, pick up that phone and practice. Yeah, you may break a few hearts in the process, but nobody's going to die from it. Just get out there and make some action happen, guys. The only way you're ever going to get free is to change the situation you're in. If you're not 100% happy with where you are, take the necessary action to fix it. Only you can prevent forest fires, and only you can get cash flow if you take action. Have a great day, guys. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.